0: Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Today we are joined by a special guest, Dan Andros. Thank you for being back Woo! in the studio. Hey. Wow, hey. that is the loudest hey. that we've hey. ever had. Yeah. Okay, so hey. he offset Pat. Pat's unenthusiastic clap. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Good. I'm here
2: today too.
1: i <laughs> <And>
0: really <laughs> excited about it.
1: I am couldn't be more.
3: All right, Stu, tough story. Uh,
2: I was thinking about doing uh, tariffs, a tariffageddon uh, going on right now, hashtag that, as you know, started a long time ago. That's how I learned about it, by the way. It's a huge hashtag, yeah.
3: You came up with that? Yeah, Yeah, he did. Yeah, I was the one who started
2: that. Um, (laughs) uh, But then I was thinking, maybe on Friday, I don't make the audience want to kill themselves out of boredom. (laughs) So uh, instead, I'm going to go, maybe we'll do that in overtime today. Okay. Uh, But instead, I want to talk about uh, the delicious burgers we had today. And why it matters.
0: I can't wait to hear uh, why it matters, Pat.
1: A uh, couple of countries are emptying out, um, and uh, they're, they're filling up the void that we have here in the United States <laughs> for people. Uh, oh. And so that's great. They're, it's, uh, you know, we could use more people.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, I Great. Yeah. Huh. yeah.
0: All right, we'll get into mm-hmm. that. Dan.
3: All right, we're going to talk about Democratic Rep Brian Sims, who was out trying to dox. Uh, teenagers who were uh, pro-lifers out in front of a uh, Planned Parenthood clinic, and he thought it would be a great idea to go on video and try to reward people with $100 (laughs) to out these teens, these vicious, malicious (laughs) teens who were apparently just walking on the sidewalk, it looked like, um, to get their names and addresses out there. So Mm. we'll talk about why his demonic actions matter.
0: I uh, also, I'm not impressed by the $100. Yeah. Like,
3: right. It's got to be yeah, up the right. 500
0: maybe, yeah. Yeah. and right. then I'm impressed. $100, i am like, yeah, bro, yeah. come on.
3: My sons That's are, you know, eight and 10, and if I came at them with $100, bucks, they would be like, oh, come on, Dad. I'm like, nope. <laughs> you
2: know, break the leaves for 100 bucks. Like, mm, nah, I'm just going to sit and watch TV. Thanks. <laughs> I like the cost benefit analysis going on there with the kids these days. <laughs> like, screw you, Dad. You do it.
0: <laughs> All right. A lot to get into, but first, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Um, so if you, are looking to refinance, you need a loan, whatever it may be. Uh, American financing is different in that they are not commission-based. They're salary-based, so mm. they're not in it for you know the kickbacks that they're getting. They're actually in it to help you, and I know, Stu, you had some experience with them.
2: Yeah, I mean, because they're salary-based, they don't feel like they have to lock you into any deal. Uh, so the de- when we went back and forth, like they didn't do the exact type of uh, mortgage that I wanted, which many people have called insane. I mean, whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, they didn't do that type of mortgage, and they were happy to see say, you know what, if you want that kind, uh, you know, you should go with that other company. If you want
0: to be irresponsible, See, Again, I, you keep you including should. these details that don't <laughs>
2: seem to matter. Um, but it was, I mean, again, when you have a company that's sending away your business because they think it'll be better for you, mm-hmm. and there's no, you know, they don't have a motivation to try to get commissions off of my ridiculous mortgage. They were just happy to, you know, I wound up getting the home that I wanted and, and the deal that I wanted no matter how insane many people thought it was. But that's uh, that's impressive, you don't get that from a lot of companies.
0: Yeah, so they're they're honest, they're trustworthy. Um, if you need to refinance loan, like I said, you can go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440. Uh, the Impossible Burger mm. and Why It Matters. Yes.
2: Uh, First
0: of all, I have to say I'm offended. Mm-hmm. I was not offered to come in and taste test the I Impossible Burger. I think a future burger. episode
2: of News and Why It Matters needs to feature Impossible Burgers. I agree. It's test. the
0: only excuse that I can get to eat a burger.
2: And a great way to expense lunch, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I'm <laughs> a big fan of. Um, yeah, and so uh, in the Impossible Burger, if you don't know what it is, uh, it... Largely only matters to people like me, typically, uh, which, you know, I don't eat uh, vegetarian, which is uh, America's only conservative vegetarian. Uh, So, uh, you know, it is one of those things that I really like these things, Impossible Burgers. 600
0: calories. It is a, but that
2: for a burger on that menu, it's low. Yeah. um, this is a Hopdotty, which is a restaurant chain around here. There's a few of them around here. Good burger place. Really good fries with queso and or, or buffalo fries with buffalo sauce and blue cheese. Oh, we're getting mm. off track here. Sorry, <laughs> uh, and that's why it matters. You should eat there. Um, so we uh, we've been talking about it for a while, and there is a story in the news about how there's a shortage of Impossible Burgers. It's just a it's a smaller company. It's a private company um, that's trying to make basically. Plant based meat that tastes like meat and not just crap, which is the typical way uh, these burgers would taste. And so there's, you know, got a lot of money behind them and they came out with these burgers. I've had them a bunch of times before. They're, to me, by far the best on the market. But I was interested because it's been a long time since I had a burger. The last night I did, uh, I, I ate meat, was with, with Mr. Dan Andrews over here back when we did the show in Philly, which was what, 2005, I think? Yep. Um, so it's been a long time. And I wasn't like, maybe I just. Don't remember what they taste like, and I'm, I'm going to be fooled. So we brought it in to taste test, a uh, blind taste test, with two of America's greatest <laughs> beef uh, connoisseurs, uh, Glenn Beck and our own Pat Gray. Pat, can you? Uh,
1: well, uh, as you know, I'm mostly vegetarian. Yes. Um, That's true. Should... I do eat some fish and a little chicken Yep, and some beef, mm-hmm. you know, roast, <laughs> yes. steaks, hamburgers. Right. That kind of pork, a little bit of pork, yep. like bacon, <laughs> a lot of pork and <laughs> uh, bacon. ham, yeah. mm-hmm. I sausage, hear, considerable amount of all uh, of those. Venison, there's, you know, yeah, some I'm venison. Yeah. I've eaten a little <laughs> bit of alligator. I, don't, I don't um, hear any I've had duck. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, don't, um, I don't. I don't any uh, vegetables. <laughs> but mostly, most of the nine million species. That's I don't about all you eat. Yeah, yeah I eat maybe ten out of nine million. So I'm mostly, mostly vegetarian. But I couldn't mean, believe. Because, I mean, I am Mr. Meat. That's what uh, I'm pretty much known as. Yes. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> what they call you around Mr. town. Yeah.
1: Mr. Meat. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Twitter and Mr. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Meat is real. Mr. Twitter, <laughs> not so much. Yeah, not so much. Um, we c- I couldn't believe it. Uh, Glenn and I both guessed wrong on which burger was actual meat Dude. and which was the impossible burger wow both of us guessed
2: wrong it's amazing that was stunning to me it's amazing yeah yeah i couldn't believe it so i was kind of hoping like i would like i, I kind of thought they might think it like this is an edible thing mm-hmm. like i could mm-hmm. eat this it wouldn't be my favorite and this one's definitely meat this one's not uh but i kind of the impossible burger is okay they both actually chose the impossible Burger, thinking. Um, it was meat, and which is pretty amazing. I mean, I, that is incredibly amazing.
3: Uh, let me just question the methodology here because yes. I missed this mm-hmm. uh, segment. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have. I really find it hard to believe, as you guys do. Was it doused in your samples? Was it like doused in ketchup or no. some other sauce to kind of – because that's how I would always eat like a veggie burger, like the stereotypical right. awful yep. hockey puck. Uh, veggie burgers I would just you know douse as much ketchup and sauce as I possibly could on it and I'd
2: be like this is good (laughs) sauce with something chewy (laughs) under it yeah (laughs) I mean Pat's just had bun and cheese right
3: yeah
1: I I might have dipped it into a little bit of aioli but I tried it both ways without the uh, aioli and with, and it was really good I, I I doesn't have a nasty aftertaste. Even
0: the texture. You know that
1: some of the... Yeah, the, the texture, texture usually, was... Right on. That's usually yeah. what... The texture was better in the, in the plant-based burger than it was <laughs> the actual
2: meat.
1: Which oh is amazing.
2: <laughs> Very strange. This is the one, too, where they... Got, like, they ha- it quote-unquote bleeds. So, yeah. like, if you cook it medium rare and you, like, squish it, it'll actually have, like, the juice. It looks just oh like a burger. It is... It's really weird, but uh, really interesting and, and, and a great option for me. That's not why it matters, however. <laughs> I think... Here's why it actually matters. And... And it really does. Um, forget if you think being a vegetarian is a dumb thing or not. I know mm-hmm. most people do. It is. Um, yeah, and that's fine. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, think, forget if you think global warming is a dumb thing or not. I, you know, you know my stance on this particular topic. Step back and think that these are private companies working within the in the in the world of uh, capitalism. People who do care about those things mm-hmm. have have put their capital, billions of dollars or at least millions of dollars, into this company to try to make a better product. And it's now to the point, and we're only a few years into this. I mean, they just started a couple of years ago. We're now to the point where meat eaters can actually not even know which is regular meat and which is is this. And I think if you if you went to the average person on the street and said, "If you can give me a a burger that tastes as good, costs the same, um, you know, has it's less calories, it's less fat, it's actually on that, you know, it's healthier than the typical burger." Blah 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 blah. Given the choice, most people I think would be like, "Okay, I'd rather not have the cow go down. If I could, if I could have mm-hmm. the exact same thing without that, like I'm not going to stop eating meat. But if you can get get me the same thing, sure, that would be great." Same I think thing goes when it applies to energy. Um, you know, I if. Coal is the most efficient way, the cheapest way to get civilization slash electricity to to the masses, making sure that people in third world countries, in country in in, in America, and in, in poverty stricken areas to get electricity and heat. Like I want it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I have no loyalty to fossil fuels as the way to right. do it. Why would you? Right. Well, I don't care, right? right? So if solar power or wind power becomes better and cheaper, mm-hmm. great. Be happy about it. Yeah. And if and and all this stuff is happening um, without the government involvement, and, you know, especially when it comes to the Impossible Burger. Like, this has nothing to do with the government. It's just people who care about that topic doing things that uh, can advance it on their own, and they're doing a much better job than the government could ever do, to the point of where they this, they actually debuted this in Vegas, um, uh, the Impossible Burger, the new version of it, um, I don't know, maybe it was three or four months ago. And, You know, everyone there, there was like a big tech conference going on and they were trying it, and they're saying, like, this is incredible. Like, you know, same reaction you had. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of people thought it was overhyped. And I I think, you know, we even showed it today that it's not. And like, I just love the approach of that. If, If you have a problem that you care about, don't run to the government and say ban meat. Don't go to the government and do the new green deal where they want to get rid of end all cows.
0: They just, just, they just yeah. want to end the, their farts. End the, end the yeah. cow farts. End the <laughs> just do something better. And then people will choose
2: to just do it. Well, and think about the
3: discrepancy yeah. of the visual that brings to my mind as you're describing that between capitalism and mm-hmm. socialism. In capitalism, we're sitting here where we have people figuring out how to make burgers, as you said, that <laughs> are not made out of meat at all, yeah. taste better than a burger. And in Venezuela, where socialism is king, they're literally hunting through the trash trying to find something to eat and killing flamingos and eating them for for dinner. I mean, the the difference here, and yet we have still somehow, despite impossible burgers, on our plates, uh, we have so much abundance that we have this time and resources to look for that. Where
2: they can't get a meal, yeah. And then, w- where are we deciding to walk towards when all this stuff is going on? We're walking towards Venezuela, mm-hmm. and that is what's so frustrating here. If we, it, at some point, you feel like uh, the from millennium uh, millennials and younger who seem to have this appreciation for socialism, though they don't know what it is in many cases, will step back and say, "Like, look at all the things that you like about life, right? All these things—the way you connect, the way you get around with Uber and Lyft. Uber had a big thing today with their uh, IPO." Uh, you know the things that you eat, the, the the choices that you have, the the all the information you're you're able to get is a hundred percent coming from the system you say you don't like. Mm-hmm. At some point, I just feel like you maybe as you get older, you wake up and say, "Wait a minute, now I'm going to think a little deeper." Yeah, I got all these things, and I like to say the man is bad, and all the stuff that's easy for every teenager to go into. Um, but at some point, you get to the point where you're like, wait a minute, all these things that we're able to accomplish now are all coming from this system. And it allows us, yes, there's people doing things that I don't like in that system. You know, there's a lot of people doing things that I don't like in capitalism. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, like, pitch for Jeffy's porn sites on the show. Like, I mean, you know, like, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of things that capitalism provides that I don't like. But it's, it's the opportunity for people to do the things that they really are passionate about. That gives us all these choices Also socialism certainly never gives us anything we don't like no, yeah, <laughs> There's
1: <I know>. nobody <laughs> not to like In socialist societies no, Is there? No, no negative side effects Right, whatsoever. it's only capitalism I mean, that's what we're led to believe That's the spin and the propaganda that we hear all the time When, I don't know, take a look at Venezuela See if there's some things there that are not to like mm. I, I think you'll find a few mm. So Maybe
0: so Yeah. Uh, Alright, yeah. back in a minute
2: Hey, Burgers Matter You, you doubt it, but Burgers Manor.
0: You said that there is a void of people here?
1: Here, in the, yeah, there's only 330 million of us. Uh-huh. I mean, we need more people. We need, and fortunately <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. Uh, yesterday I said on my show and on Glenn's uh, with Stu yesterday uh, that 1% of the entire population of Guatemala and Honduras have come to the United States. And you're thinking, well, what, since 1975, 1980? No, since September, Last September.
2: That's incredible. Um,
1: really but I lied. It's um, <laughs> oh, no. huh. it's not 1% of, of Guatemalans. It's 1.7% of Guatemalans.
0: So almost 2 So almost 2%
1: wow. in eight months have poured across our border. Um, but, I mean, that is a full eight months. I mean, how <laughs> old were any of us
2: back in September? <laughs> I mean, you Call me back when it's mean, a percent a month. That's when I'll, right. that's when I'll start yeah. taking it yeah. seriously. Well,
0: yeah. it is, I mean, because you think about how it is now. I mean, at least we're having the discussion of border security. Uh, Imagine how much that's going to exponentially increase if, let's say, you know, a Bernie Sanders or someone got in power and then they had all the incentives of the world to come over. Right. I mean, think about how much that percentage is going to increase. And
3: Joe Biden just said, I think the other day, Mm -hmm. that uh, illegal immigrants were deserved to have free health yeah, I mean, if you were an undocumented or illegal immigrant, and that's the front runner for the Democrats yeah. right now.
0: They talk about magnets like it's not a thing, but it's yeah. very clearly <laughs> it, it going to thing. incentivize them. Uh,
3: it
1: was, I don't remember the exact statistic, but it was over 300, it was like 325,000 people from, from Guatemala yeah. in the last eight months. That was in addition to the 815,000 that are already here illegally. From previous times. I mean it's just it's getting exponentially worse at the border and we still don't have a, a wall to mm-hmm. to show for it. We don't have any increased security really to show for it. We don't have the money to fund doing anything about it. In fact things are so bad that
2: people get put into these uh, centers and then they're just released. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, there's also hundreds of thousands of people that have come uh, from Venezuela in the last couple of yes. years, mm-hmm. and that I think would actually be a good move for Trump um, uh, to say, "Hey." You know what real asylum claims look like? Venezuela. Yes. That's a real asylum Definitely. claim. This is, this is a government in complete disaster. And we are, uh, you know, look, you got to still check out who these people are. You have to make sure that you go through the process, the the strict uh, process of making sure you can tell that there aren't criminals and stuff coming in. But, I mean, to, to, to make a statement of saying, hey, socialism, what this other party wants, um, has been tried in Venezuela, and that leads to needing asylum claims. And because those are real asylum claims, we're going to look seriously at the people coming from Venezuela. What we're seeing in, in Central America is not is not the same level. What we're seeing in Central America is, first of all, it's largely coming from MS-13, which is another, yeah, another gang-related gang gang activity.
1: I mean, so can people claim... Um uh, uh, asylum
2: from Los Angeles, yeah, I know. <laughs> from the Bloods and the Crips, yeah, I, know. <laughs> and I need well, asylum. It's true, asylum and and refugee resettlement are two very specific yeah. things with very specific rules, and yeah. normally gang violence does not doesn't qualify level to that half. because it's yeah. it's all about whether your government is working essentially with or against you. Uh, if, if your government is crushing you, you know, then that's usually where it comes from. Most of our asylum claims come from places like China and Iraq, right. um, not from places like Central America. This is a totally different usage of it. Um, so I think that that's uh, that's part of it. But it's also um, it's amazing what you say about one point seven percent of a country mm-hmm. in, in, in less than a year going into another country is a massive thing. And this is in a you would say a negative environment um, for illegal immigrants. You're looking at this from another country, and you're saying, "Well, where should I go?" Well, the last place you'd think is the guy where he's saying, "Up, build the wall every day on TV." Right? Yeah. This really was effective in the first year, and we talked about this on Pat and Stu a lot. When right after he announced, um, he was very he talked a big game about uh, uh, illegal immigration, and the numbers went way down for about a year. And we kept saying, "Like, it can't just be talk; you got to follow it with some action." Mm-hmm. The action never really got there, and now they started flowing in again. But still, like, this is. If you believe the left, this is a hostile place for illegal immigrants. And they're flooding over at the pace of 2.5% per year from from an actual country. That's incredible. And we do have a
1: president who is saying, don't come. Don't come. We're not going to allow it. Right. When you get to the border, we're stopping you. And they still come. Still come. I mean, it's, it's unsustainable. Okay. And you would think the left, with all their talk of sustainability on every <laughs> issue, would wake up and think, hey, yeah, that, we can't sustain that. We can't sustain 1% every eight months coming from Guatemala and Honduras. It's impossible. The left is, they're such an emotive
3: bunch. Yes. So they, they, all of their arguments are framed <laughs> uh, from sort of an emotional standpoint. So I don't know. If the right really wanted to rally some more uh, part, you know, bipartisan support on this issue, um, because it is a common sense issue, I don't think anybody would, you know, and when push comes to shove and uh, on all of the debates I've seen on YouTube and stuff, you can get them to admit like, well, yeah, we have to have some semblance of border security. It's it's very radical left that will just say, no, open it up to everybody. Um, but I think if you somehow frame those those the, the wall, I mean, Trump is not the guy for that. He's just blunt. I'm just we need a wall and don't come here. But um, maybe there's a, a better way for them to frame that to, in, in a more way that appeals emotionally to their sensitivities yeah. because
2: that seems mm-hmm. to be the only thing that works on them. And I'll say, too, I mean, I think it's two birds with one stone with Venezuela. I mean, the, there's 100,000 people. I mean, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's over 100,000 people in the last couple of years who have come here from Venezuela. You have the emotion of a terrifying situation in Venezuela that the whole country, people are losing 24 pounds a year because they just can't eat. They're going and killing dogs and eating them. They're going into zoos and eating the animals. They're going through trash. taking. There are organizations, great conservative organizations that are down there right now, um, and Mercury won and uh, has, has done some of this work, uh, helping people who are who can't stand this regime and are just trying to get out of there with any means possible. Highlight them. Say you're giving them asylum. Make a big deal about it. Do a press conference with a dozen of them up there saying thank you for ripping us out of this socialist hellhole. That gets you for not only the anti-socialism thing, but also that you're not against immigrants. You you will give asylum when it's real. But we have to have rules that will restrict just a constant flow.
3: Yeah, we have, um, you know, with Faithwire, um, Operation Blessing is from our parent company, and they're also down there and uh, we did a couple of live reports and we saw the people coming across just fleeing out of Venezuela and it's like families, you know, like obviously there's got to be some, you know, check because, you know, you don't know who's going to come in there, but it's a lot of families just desperate. And Colombia is actually doing a really cool job of trying to help these people like, and give them aid when they come over. So that's something that really hasn't been highlighted in the media, but I think obviously Trump can't be down there on the border but as you said, I think it would be a good move for him to do that because it looks amazing what they're doing, what Colombia is doing, and just trying to at least help these people with food and healthcare and you know, like just just you know, tents and things that are set up to help them immediately as they're coming across the border.
0: I have to wonder too, um, you know, what kind of role this issue is going to play in um, in the twenty twenty election because I want to believe maybe this is just me being optimistic, but I want to believe that the average American is not for. Um, you know, just open borders or letting a bunch of strangers in. You know, I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I want to believe that the average American does not think that the Democrat <laughs> view of this right now is acceptable, yeah. but it's not really what they're running mm-hmm. on. They're running on Medicare for all, and they're pushing they programs are. like that. Yeah, just,
2: but saying he's <laughs> hating them, basically, which right. is really their only stance on the issue. What I would say, too, is one other part of this that I think Trump can do a better job of is the, look, the wall is is a is a part of I mean po- border policy that we've argued for for how many years? Mm-hmm. I mean, long before mm-hmm. Donald Trump was even a Republican, we've been talking about the wall and, and it being an important part of it, or at least a fence. Yeah, or a fence, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. or double fence with a road in between. I mean, we've gone yeah. through all those policies, yep. the, the but that, a physical border, right, being important. It is a small slice of, of an immigration policy, though it does not is not the end all be all. It's not going to cure this because you have over half of the people who are here illegally are here on overstate visas and other ways. It has mm-hmm. very little to do with with the actual. Uh, um, you know, it's like you know, if you put a border wall up, would it stop five to ten percent of the illegal immigrants? Yeah, it would. I mean, it, it would have an effect, and it's been really effective in the places it's been used. But that's not a hundred percent of how people get here. Especially though, it's it's even more highlighted with this particular problem. What needs to be fixed here is not the wall, it's asylum law and uh, and refugee resettlement law. Because those are the things, they're just abusing those things. And because we're saying, yes, everyone can come, and, and when we're done with them, they all can just come into the country, that can't be the policy. That policy absolutely has to change, or we will always be vulnerable to this, no matter who is president and whether we have a wall. Because not a lot of them are not sneaking over the border. These aren't people that are necessarily sneaking over the border and saying asylum. They can walk right up to the port of entry and say, I need asylum. Yeah. And we have guards there. We have walls there. But it doesn't matter. This is a, a vulnerability that goes well beyond the wall.
0: And I think that if, uh, if Republicans um, would focus on getting messaging out about immigration reform being the reforms that you're talking about, but just using the term immigration reform yeah. instead of talking about the wall, we'd get a lot further in this conversation back in a moment. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. I, it's, Stop talking about the wall and let's say, no, we need reforms. Dan, before we go, tell everyone where they can find Joe.
3: They can find me over at uh, faithwire.com, where we're covering all the uh, news and goings-ons of the day with uh, an eternal perspective in mind.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. Did you practice? Did you rehearse that? Uh, no,
3: tagline. I just locked out completely. <laughs> Don't ask me to say it again. Aren't you on the Twitters as well? Oh, yes, at Dan Andros. Oh. Thank you for asking.
0: And uh, I know you and Jason Buttrell were working on a, an Israel special that I know that we have coming up soon. So yeah, we'll be really week. excited. Yes. Next week? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll be really excited to tune into that. We've got Overtime coming up next. Those of you on Blaze TV, make sure to catch it. We will see you there. I'm Brian Sims. You can't yeah. Oh, miss
3: Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. demon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com.
0: All right, Dan, uh, Brian Sims, the demon you said. That Uh, is harsh.
3: Well, there's a a long explanation to that. Um, But yeah, so Brian Sims, for those of you who missed it, uh, is a Democratic representative in the state of Pennsylvania. And he made some news because video surfaced of him uh, where he was out in front of a Planned Parenthood and there was a pro- pro-life elderly woman there praying. And he's just yelling at her and just sort of carrying on and on about, you know, uh, she's trying to shame people and look at her and, and it's like an eight minute clip and she's really doing nothing. Uh, you know she's. Well, kind didn't you
1: say she was, she praying? was praying? Yeah,
3: that's <laughs> so right. offensive. Right, right. right. That's wow, true. that's true. How dare she? How dare she? In public? Yeah. <laughs> and so once that clip started to go viral, people looked at his his Twitter feed. Of course, that's what you do <clears throat> when you find someone viral. You see what else they've tweeted. And he had uh, another instance out in front of this Planned Parenthood, where there were some teenage girls out there, and um, he starts going in on how, hey, internet, can anyone find these? Kids' names, we're gonna dox them. I'll give you a hundred bucks if we can do this. So we he's. Have,
0: we have that video. Okay. So let's go ahead and watch it. Yeah,
3: this. let's see it.
4: A bunch of pseudo Christian protesters who've been out here shaming young girls for being here. Right. And so here's the deal I've got a hundred dollars to anybody who will identify any of these three. So we're I'm gonna actually, donate just to Planned Parenthood. Babies. I'm gonna donate to Planned Parenthood. We so we look, a bunch of white people standing, white people standing white up for front <laughs> Planned Parenthood. Like <laughs> shaming like people. Really There's nothing Christian about what you're doing, nothing Christian at all about what you're doing high nothing christian or loving or godly about what you're doing so i've got a hundred dollars to anybody who will identify this a hundred dollars see if you got some friends out here 100 bucks it'd be easier if you just give me your name and your address um rich what makes you think that it's your job to tell women what's right for their bodies and the truth is i'm not really asking because i don't care shame on you
3: yeah. I mean, what a douche! The I mean. guy, the guy, rich. He should have demanded the hundred dollars yeah. right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He like, hey. And then donated it to some <laughs> Christian <laughs> yeah. for a pro-life charity. Yeah. So this is just uh, really interesting to me. I mean, it's sickening, mm-hmm. first of all. But uh, it's just really interesting to me because you hear all of these truth claims being made uh, in that that this is unChristian of you, and you're a pseudo Christian, and this is wrong. And I don't care what you're doing because it's wrong. Um, And so one of the things that we've been doing on faithwire.com is looking for opportunities like this to point out the folly in moral relativism, which is uh, when you don't have a moral standard bearer, which as Christians, we have God as a moral standard bearer. He lays out the standard for you, tells you what's right and wrong and shows you. you. When you remove that from the equation, basically all you're left with is your personal preference. And so when we see Brian Sims out here running around yelling at people, Um, he's doing so with no basis whatsoever. It's just his personal preference. He doesn't like it. He has absolutely no claim to it. So that's kind of where I like to to draw these conversations to this point in time because I really do think that we are at a point in time now where it's more clear now than ever that this is a spiritual battle. You know, when you look at what he's arguing there, I mean, they're out in front of a Planned Parenthood. They're praying for babies who are on their way to being killed in the womb. And um, you know he's trying to portray them as the evil ones. So
2: yeah, um, like, there's nothing Christian about what you're doing. Well, praying I feel like is relatively yeah. Christian, right. <laughs> is
3: it not? <laughs> but what is his like? And I guess that claim to me is particularly egregious because he's you know obviously he's not a Christian, and he's trying. So what does he say as a Christian? What should the Christian be doing? For more abortions, <laughs> like, like I, I'm, he's just making that up. I mean, yeah. he's just utterly making that up. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I want I need to make a t shirt that just says, by what standard? Because that's what I want to say to everybody, by what standard? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you're left with, well, this is Jim's personal preference, this is Brian's personal preference. Like, I, I think that women should be able to kill their babies. <laughs> okay, great, I don't. Now,
1: now, what I think it's worse than that, Dan. I think it's a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. It's either Isaiah 5:20 or Isaiah 25, where everything in the in the end days, where everything that's good will be made to mm-hmm. seem bad, and everything bad will be made to seem good. Yep. That is exactly where we are in this Absolutely. abortion thing. If if you are pro-life, somehow we're evil now because we're trying to protect the lives of, ba- of babies. And in the meantime, since 1973, 62 million have been slaughtered. Yeah, I mean. That's a holocaust. Well,
0: and you know, to, to that point, Several I was just I was just yeah. reading, um, it was actually on theblaze.com, that we're talking about how they're moving the goalposts and how they're changing the culture in this. There's a woman who tried to drown her newborn. She worked at McDonald's mm-hmm. and gave birth when she was at mm-hmm. work, tried to drown her newborn, and got off with only four years supervised probation. She's, oh she's serving no jail time for attempted murder of this child who had already been born.
3: Well, according to Governor wow. Ralph Northam, I mean, maybe her only crime was not making the baby comfortable before they, she tried to drown it. Yeah, right. uh, Because, I mean, that's what these Democrats are saying, so out that, and open.
0: Yeah, well, but right. And then they'll come back and say, well, that's not really what we mean. Like, we're not fine with that. Um, there's a there's a line to be drawn. And I, I don't really think that that's true anymore. Yeah, because the culture today, you know, the culture of 30 years ago, no one's going to get well,
3: off. Safe, legal, and rare probation? was the old talking point. Oh, safe, gone. legal, and rare. Probation
0: they, for killing a newborn? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you'd have to be crazy if you thought that that would happen 10 years ago.
3: Yeah, now, now the arguments have shifted into why actually the physical act of abortion is correct. It used to at least Celebrate. have some shame. celebrated. Who was the busy Phillips or whatever? Yeah. Who yeah. names her kid yes. Busy? Um, but uh, she sure went out there. and mm-hmm. Yes. Her shame got did. aborted? Did. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so got aborted when she's like, I don't normally get into politics, but we're going to talk about abortion today. And <laughs> no, how I. No. And she's like, you know, most people don't know someone who had an abortion. Well, I did. And she tries to talk about it. And it's very. The language they use, again, the emotive arguments that Democrats use, she talks about it and frames it as a very personal decision. So removing what you're actually doing and then trying to make you feel bad. Well, this is very personal. It should be between the doctor and the patient. And everyone yay to your point what is wrong they all wrong? become, they all become that issue
2: celebrating mm-hmm. and all like oh all of a sudden we don't want government involvement in anything that's us i swear it's not like you've seen us talk about every issue of the opposite the entire time this one it has to be between doctors and patients the rest of healthcare, obviously we should be making all the decisions <laughs> but this one, you this one has to be between doctor and patient uh i, I find it to be completely uh, unbelievable i mean we you know rick santorum made this point uh the other day which i in that horrible Chris Cuomo clip where the woman's like, when you're pregnant, you're not with a baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I it's, not a baby. baby. it's not a human being. Yeah, not a but human yes. baby. Like no, I thought you, of Pat, a, was it a Volkswagen? <laughs> 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 um, but uh, his point, which got overshadowed by the yelling at each other, was interesting to me because, you know, the idea is you own your own body, right? You own your own mm-hmm. body. And this is just, it's not a separate body that you're, it's not a human being. It's, it's part of you. It's your property. Um, what if you were to, surgically, you know, because they do surgery on babies now in the womb. Mm-hmm. What if it's with those surgical tools you were to torture the baby in the womb? Would that, be, would that be a problem at all for anyone on the left? I think, it, I think they'd all be horrified by yeah, that if I you asked them about it. And they'd say, that's not real, that's not ridiculous. But we have weird things that happen in our society. We talked about the other day, people do, you know... Uh, uh, plastic surgery to make themselves look like cats in this world. We have people that put uh-huh. horns on their head. We have people who cut themselves for the pain and the enjoyment of it. What if someone just really enjoyed the thought of this poor baby inside its belly, this fetus that's not really a baby inside mm. their belly, and just torturing it inside? Yeah. Would that be a problem for anyone on the left? Because if it's just property, if it's not life, if it does have not have any rights, why would you? Mm. We wouldn't make it illegal for someone to do s and Right? It's not illegal to do that. Uh, you can do that if, if that's what you like. Maybe that should become, illegal, that should become legal. Um, it's a crazy argument, and obviously there's no one that I know of who goes down this road particularly, but would they be able to? Because that's how we got to the Northam Common initially, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they asked, would it, could you abort a baby a minute before birth if it was possible? And eventually the assemblywoman had to say, well, yeah, you could. That's how we got here. This argument has gone so far from the old time, even the emotive stuff that we've been talking about where, you know, it's a decision and a choice. At least that could convince some people the fact that you can't get senators to come together in in the Senate to say, no, if the baby's born, we don't have to do anything past that. It's despicable. I mean, you're right. It's hard not to talk about it in the terms of of real evil, because, I mean, you're talking about human lives. I mean. You know, we, we were discussing this pro choice part of the other day, and, you know, it is true that it's a small percentage of abortions that are late term and, and everything. It is, you know, one or 2%. That's that's 7, 8, 9, 10 9 11s we're talking about. Yeah. You know, just that. It's just, we're, we're talking about tragedy uh, that would rally an entire nation to war for decades. Right.
3: Are we supposed to feel good about that? Are right, we supposed uh, to feel, but, hey, guys, listen, only a few hundred thousand are sure. late term. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you for you know that. I feel so much better. Like no, that <laughs> solve doesn't solve that part of it. Even it doesn't work.
2: Yeah, not anymore.
0: Uh, I want to go back to to Brian Sims for a minute, um, just to kind of add to the point that you were making, Dan. Um, he I saw this ridiculous Instagram post that he wrote, and it's just a, a great example of the left's false narratives that they paint. So he posted a picture of him holding his prep pill, which is an HIV prevention pill. And he said, starting this day off, smart, proactive, and in control. Think this is an invite to talk about my sex life? It's not. Think it's an invite to shame me or anyone else? Grow up. Stigma <laughs> is uh, the thing our enemies want us to be stunted by. It literally kills us. No shame in this game, just pride. But it's like...
3: He's arguing with himself.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, no yeah, one... no, 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 one's, do no you one, wanna wanna you want to build a
3: straw right? man? We can knock yeah. him down. <laughs>
0: yes. It just drives me nuts. I'm like, and they do this all the time. I'm just like... No one said anything about your sex life except you. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I also well, said you. it's too, it's, it's, it's like
3: Pete Buttigieg or how do you guys Buttigieg Buttigieg, Buttigieg, Buttigieg yeah. whatever. I could tell you're not in the politics game I, anymore. You haven't done the, Buttig- well, the Buttigieg transformation. <laughs> you have to learn how to say his stupid we've name. We've written a lot of articles about him. Thankfully, being on the <laughs> publishing side, I don't have to say <laughs> his ridiculous name. Yeah. But he started out his whole campaign with this, you know. Uh, Mike Pence, Mike Pence and the Mike yeah. Pence's of the world are oppressing me, and Mike's like um, Mike
0: was like, we're I, like thought, good I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. <laughs> he knows and the only thing,
3: that. thing he's ever said about him was good.
1: <laughs> <It> was <laughs>
2: good, yeah. good. Yeah. right? You so have have a, you have to have they have to have these. have to have the bad guy. May I also say. Um, uh, I, I don't know a lot about what he was talking about. That's medication, but like again, are we going to turn our, our healthcare system over to a system, and we're going to vilify pharmaceutical companies that are coming up with HIV prevention pills? I didn't yeah, even know amazing. that was a thing. That's yeah, incredible. I, yeah. I, I hope that is uh, that is as successful as he seems to be making it out to be. The last thing in the world I think about is shaming him for his sex life. That's that's optimism and capitalism to me. I mean, like the, these pharmaceutical companies get beat up about everything, and it's like. They're not all bad, guys. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's a. That, I hope that's true. That's a great. That's a great innovation.
3: I want to address that shaming thing for just a second too. Like I feel like that's a straw man as well because, yeah. um, uh, and we talked about it earlier with Glenn today. But you know, I, I, the the vast majority, and I watch. Sadly, this is my life. I watch a lot of these interactions on YouTube to see what's going on, and at the in front of the Planned Parenthood clinics, and most of the time. It's people that have genuine concern, like you saw in that clip there. They were saying, we're praying for the babies. Like, they're not out there shaming you, saying like, oh, you, you're you mm-hmm. murdering your babies. You know, that's not what they're doing. They're, they're imploring them and pleading with them to change their mind, in most cases. I'm sure you can find a couple of examples, yeah. but the, the overwhelming majority of the ones I see are not shaming. They're, they're trying to, if you put yourself in someone's shoes and saying, hey, this is an actual baby that's being murdered and i'm trying to save it like i just don't understand how they can't understand that and then on the flip side of that you've Brian Sims out there literally yelling at someone doing the exact thing that he supposedly says he hates he's he's shaming these people yeah. for being out there and trying to dox them and everything else
2: and there's something to learn too from the way they handled that uh, from Brian Sims which is they didn't get in their face they didn't make yep. another or a, a, a response youtube video mm-hmm. and they won they won that yes. because of yeah. that and it's like a lot of that i think st- steps back to Separating ourselves from the social media world and saying, "I just don't care what other people think." I, if I have a principle, I'm going to stick by it, and you know, you can't be shamed if you don't care what they think. Right. And I find myself in that position quite a bit because people are very <laughs> critical of us. You know, we're on uh, on conservative media, so there's a lot of left wingers yelling at you, and just like. If you don't care about them yelling at you, it has no power at all. It, like, like Mr. Twitter over here mm, right. has to deal with a Twitter controversy because he doesn't care about Twitter. And, like, Twitter, shouldn't yeah. we all just not care about Twitter?
3: Twitter. <laughs> oh man, there is. The only reason I even look at Twitter is just because you do get a sense of like what is going on. But yeah. then it dives into this world of just this crazy, hyper, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, uh, verbal criticism. battles going on. Yeah, criticism going on, and it's like you remove yourself from it, it is like a different universe. It's like a whole different, place like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's I like
2: actually nice out here.
0: feel like you should have had this conversation with Jason Buttrell here. Oh
2: yes, he needs he needs an intervention badly oh, no. on Twitter. Is he, uh, every time, he, every one of his stories when he does this show is like, I so I was on Twitter, and I was yelling at someone, and <laughs> I was like, okay, why is that always the prelude? <laughs> this guy
3: with six followers was tweeting yeah. at me, I was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, he's got six followers. <laughs>
0: All right, yesterday's poll, should Trump keep invoking executive privilege to shield uh, Barr? 89% said yes, 11% said no. So, yeah, for you guys, for some context, social media was like, yeah, we don't care about this question today. Yesterday, and it was basically the same question that they asked. So Wednesday's was, should he invoke executive privilege? And it was 80 to 20, right? It was 80% to 20%. um, And then now this last one was, should he keep invoking it? And ten percent of you guys have changed your mind. I
2: like that. Like they like that he did it for one day, but the second right. day is off <laughs> Whoa, he's <laughs> off the pedal
3: then. Uh, all
0: right, today's poll: Should Trump pick a new VP for 2020 or stick with Pence? What? What did Pence do? Yeah.
2: Is that a, is that a conversation? I haven't heard I, that being said. I haven't either. either. I don't think so. <laughs> I think uh, he should go with Oprah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's got <laughs> he the just, best should, VPs. Yeah, I know uh, that's funny. I, that, I, I've not heard that as being as part of. I've heard yeah. more speculation. Like there's people that think. Like there's these you know prediction markets still say that there's like a 10% chance Trump won't be the nominee or like 10% chance he won't make it to the end of the year as president you're almost like what, what, what country are you watching here? Like, wow. this guy is not going anywhere. He loves this job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, God forbid, I mean, unless there's a health issue or something like that, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He is in this job for us. I mean, he's certainly not going to get impeached and removed. From no. This. It's ridiculous. Right.
0: No. Uh, let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Dan, again, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, we thanks always, for having me. We always enjoy. Uh, come back soon.
2: Yeah, I, I wouldn't generalize. I don't think i oh. was always enjoy it.
0: Well. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I'm just speaking for me then. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yeah,
3: overall, people enjoy me about 50% of the time. <laughs> not
0: bad. Yeah. I mean, not, not it's not bad. Not bad odds. <laughs> okay, we'll see you Monday. <laughs>